I do. Can you guys allow me just to take a little moment here and give Brother Dennis some information I should have gave him before we started? Brother Dennis, are you ready to take down my scriptures for me? Now, don't get scared. I always have a whole lot of Bible. I just usually get with Dennis beforehand. First uh, Samuel chapter 17, verses 42 through 51. If you have your Bible and want to turn there with us, you can. That's where I'm going to start. Amen. First Samuel 17. Then I want First Samuel chapter 17, verses 27 and 29. You with me, bro? If I give them to him now, it flows a little smoother once we start. Amen? 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 28. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Look at your neighbor and say, ain't this fun? Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. And let's see, Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 6. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. You with me? Genesis 50 and 20. Two more. Matthew 28 and 20. And all of Psalm 23. How many can quote that? Yeah, all of Psalm 23. Let's, that's where we're going to wrap up. Amen. Now, now that you've got the framework, now that you, you already, most of you probably already know what I'm going to preach. Well, maybe not. But we're, st- we're doing our series on miracles. We've been, this is our, actually our second lesson, Miracles in the Bible. And tonight I want to talk to you about, from this subject, the miracle in your valley. The miracle in your valley. First Samuel chapter 17. Very familiar story beginning with verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give thy carcass, the carcass of the host of the Philistines, this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. Aren't you thankful there's a God? Amen. And all the assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it 
under your hands. And it shall come to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, and took his sword, and drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Amen. You know the story. You know it just as well as I do. Amen. David's dad sends him on a special mission. Take lunch to your brothers who are, who are fighting in the battle. Of course, David's too young to fight in the battle. He's too young to be a part of the army. He's just the little shepherd boy watching over daddy's sheep. And you know how whenever he gets there, there is a great valley, amen? And the armies are camped on either side of the valley. There's a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other side, kind of like in the, the title slide shows a, a big valley like that a mountain on one side a mountain on another side and and down in the the valley is where the battle will be fought but the armies are encamped on the sides and there is this giant in the valley amen i i want you to know at some time in your walk with god he's going to call you into a valley Amen. He's going to call you into a difficult place. He's going to call you into the kind of place where giants lurk, uh, into the kind of place where your enemy reigns. Uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, with the authority of the Word of God behind me, you don't have to be afraid of the valley. There's a miracle in your valley. Amen. It's in the valley that we learn to trust God. It's in the valley that we produce some of the, the greatest victories in our life are produced by our faith in God when we're walking through the darkest night, through the loneliest of places, when the enemy rises up against us. Uh, in the valley is where we win our greatest victories. It's a lesson that David learned early in his life. Not all valleys look the same. Amen. Sometimes there, David was probably, it was probably a, a pretty sunlit afternoon. Probably was not a cloud in the sky, just a beautiful kind of day. And David is relaxing there watching his father's sheep. The first valley that David maybe encountered in his life was when as he was sitting there, I can just see him with a sprig of, Weakness. You know how you done as a kid? Tom Sawyer did, you know. You remember Tom Sawyer. Some of you carnal folks remember Tom Sawyer. Amen. Yeah, sitting there with that little sprig of, of weed or whatever it is and the hay in the mouth, you know, and, and just kick back watching. And then all of a sudden, from the quiet sanctity of, of a bush somewhere on the lonely edge of that herd, there comes roaring out a bear and the bear grabs one of daddy's sheep amen now david was just a young lad he didn't have a sword he didn't have a knife and apparently at this point in his life he didn't even have a sling what he had was a stick that's all he had but David wasn't going to let the bear run off with daddy's sheep so david charged the bear and struck him with a stick you know the story. The bear dropped the sheep, 
because all of a sudden there's something more tasty on the menu. Amen. He turned and he charged David, but David smote the bear again with the stick until he killed him. The second valley in David's life was a, a lion that done the same thing, crept up and, and attacked daddy's sheep. Uh, and once again, David rushed in and he struck the lion. And this time the lion turned and charged David. And David would later tell Saul, I caught that lion by the beard uh, and I hit him with my stick uh, and I killed him right there in the valley. I'm going to tell you something. David, before he ever gets to the valley where Goliath is, David's already learned a valuable lesson. There are miracles in your valley. Amen. It's a miracle for a boy with a stick uh, to kill a bear. It's a miracle. I know they said that Daniel Boone could talk a bear to death, but other than Daniel Boone, it takes more than a stick and a mouth to kill a bear. Amen. But it's a miracle that, that a young lad with nothing more than a stick uh, can kill a bear. It's a miracle for a young man to be able to grab a lion by the beard and live to tell the story. Amen? So David's no stranger to the valley, nor is he any stranger to the miracle that's in the valley. So our text finds David on this grand adventure, something that dad's asked him to do, go and, go and take food and bread and cheese to your brothers and when he gets there in his youthful excitement he you know young people as when, when you were kids you played gi joe and you thought war was fascinating and it was cool and it was interesting and and then if you ever and i have not but if you ever experienced combat you realize real quick that it is not fun it is not cool <laughs> it's it is, it's, a, it's a life and death situation. But David goes into that battlefield with it brimming with the enthusiasm of a young person. He's, he's going out to see the soldiers, and, and it's all still got that sense of, uh, of romantic allure. David's not yet the great warrior that he's one day going to be. He hasn't yet been on the battlefield. And so he goes in there expecting to see this great victory and expecting to see the, the mighty armies of God marching uh, into battle. But when he gets there, there, amen, there's a giant in the valley, and that loud, boastful giant uh, is standing there and defying the armies of God, uh, and defying the God of Israel, uh, amen, and shouting curses and threats, uh, and the army is cowering in fear. There's a reason why they were afraid. Goliath was a man from Gath. He was a giant. He was immensely tall. Some say that the estimate is that he was nine, perhaps ten feet tall. I don't know. I heard Jerry Jones preach one time on Goliath, and, and every he started out and said he was nine feet tall, and he preached a few minutes and said he's ten feet tall. By the time Jerry Jones got done with his sermon, Goliath was 25 feet tall. It really didn't matter how big Goliath was. Amen? He was a big old feller. His, he, he had a massive helmet, bronze-scaled armor. If you put it all together, it weighed about 125 pounds. It was probably heavier than David was, amen. And he had a gigantic spear. The tip of that spear weighed 15 pounds, just the part that was designed to pierce you, amen. And then he had a sword on his side. There, there He was an intimidating image of a man, and he, he blatantly challenged uh, the armies of God. And, and the seasoned soldiers of the camp of Israel cowered in fear. 
But when David heard the challenge, when that giant marched into that valley, and he began to cry out to the people of God. Amen. And he began to speak ill of the God of Israel. Amen. David. The Bible said that his anger was kindled. Amen. And, and he began to go around and ask, Amen, why do we let this happen? Why is this happening? What's going on here? As a matter of fact, his older brother, don't you just love older brothers? Older brother comes. That was just for Harrison. Older brother comes and, and gets him by the coattail and said, you foolish kid, I know you're, you're getting into trouble. You shouldn't be doing this. Shut your mouth. Uh, it's your pride getting ahead of you. It's uh, the naughtiness of your heart. That's what he says. You, you just came here to see a fight, and you don't even understand what it's all about. But David said, what in the world have I done? Is there not a cause? Uh, amen. Is there not a reason? Uh, he was angered over the intimidation uh, of the enemy. He was angered over the fact uh, that the army was cowering in fear. And in that moment, David alone, out of all the house of Israel, was willing to walk into that valley and face that giant. It was as though he was immune to the danger of defeat and instead reacted in confident faith in the Lord God of Israel. David began asking those around him, what will be done? What will happen to the man who kills this Philistine? What, what's the king going to do for the man who kills this giant? Now, there was a reward. It was a handsome reward, and, and everybody had heard of the reward, but there was nobody that was considering the possibility of anyone ever actually claiming the reward. Amen. But David saw an opportunity for victory. And instead of focusing on the giant uh, in the field, uh, he began to shift the focus uh, to what's going to happen when the man gets out there and kills that giant. Because, honey, that giant's not going to reign in my valley forever. Amen. That giant's not going to be there in just a little while. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen next, uh, but I know in just a minute, uh, amen, that giant's going to fall. Here's the thing, there will always be giants. Amen, there are always going to be valleys. There are always going to be low places. There are always going to be things. Sickness is going to come upon you unexpected. Your, your doctor is going to give you less than good news. Amen. You're going to get that phone call in the middle of the night or perhaps early in the morning or, or on the job and a disaster has struck somewhere. You're going to encounter those moments uh, that are going to violate your faith. Uh, they're going to cause you to, to, to tremble and quake and, and fear at the possibility of what might happen. Uh, but in that moment, I want you to understand, uh, my, my friend, the valley is a sure thing. Uh, you're going to go into it because God's going to call you into it. But you don't have to be afraid of the valley, and you don't have to be afraid of the giant who's there. There's a lesson that the enemy has not yet learned. The God of the mountain, he's still God in the valley. You remember the song, Amen. But there's a story in Scripture that that song comes from. A story in Scripture about a time when the armies of Assyria attacked Israel on a mountain in a hilly area. And God delivered the Israelites from that great army. But the Syrians misinterpreted their defeat. They said, we, we lost because 
Their God is a God of the mountain. He does his best work in high places. He does his best work uh, on mountaintops. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, we'll go down and meet them in the valley, and that's where we will attack them. Uh, we'll go attack them in the valley because their God doesn't work in the valley. So they massed a great army, and they waited to ambush the helpless Israelites. The problem is somebody forgot to send the memo to God that he doesn't work in the valley. Amen. First Kings chapter 20 and verse 28 said, And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. God said, what are you talking about? I'm not the God of the hills. I'm not just the God of the sky. I'm not just the God of the ocean. I'm God of everything. I made it all, and all of it is subject to my hand. All of it is subject to my authority. I come to tell somebody in this house on a Wednesday night, your God is greater than your valley. Amen. First John chapter 4 and verse 4 said, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. How? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm not going to belabor a, a Bible story that you've heard all your life. Uh, amen. I, I'm not going to go through the details of Saul and his armor. You know all about that. Uh, amen. But I want to talk to you for a minute about David's faith. Uh, amen. I want to talk to you for a minute uh, about a young man that had a confidence uh, that he that is with me uh, is greater than he that is against me. Uh, amen. A young man that had the faith uh, to go walking into the valley that God called him into. You know the story you remember from, from Sunday school class how that while he's walking into that valley, he stops at a brook and he picks up five smooth stones. You ever wonder why five? Some said Goliath had four brothers. As a matter of fact, the Bible says Goliath had four brothers. And they said that maybe, maybe David picked up five stones they were one for Goliath and one for each of the brothers. All the brothers die. They don't die by David's hand, though. They die by the hands of David's warriors because the brothers seek David out and his mighty men protect him. Others said that maybe those five stones said stand for F. A-I-T-H, faith. Or, or maybe those five stones stand for G-R-A-C-E, grace. Uh, or maybe, I've even heard it said, those five stones stand for J-E-S-U-S, -S, uh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know, my friend. Uh, maybe he picked up five stones just in case uh, the first one didn't get the job done. Uh, but what I do know uh, is his faith wasn't in those stones. Uh, his faith wasn't in... Uh, the weapon he picked up when David marched into that valley his faith was in the God that was with him when that little guy and he was just a young man walked out into that valley all that Goliath could see was a little boy with a slingshot 
and a stick in his hand and a few pebbles in his pocket. And what he did not see and what he could not see was the God that marched into that valley with David. You see, David's faith isn't in five smooth stones. Uh, his faith is in the God uh, that has delivered him before uh, and that will deliver him again. Uh, I come to tell you tonight what the miracle in your valley is. Uh, the miracle in your valley is that you're not there alone. God is with you. God is standing right beside you. And honey, he's not neutral. Uh, he's not like the, the, uh, the, the Swiss. Uh, he's not standing back and, and just kind of overseeing things. Uh, amen. He is on your side. Uh, he's fighting for you. Amen. He is with you and he's for you. And the scripture said if he's for us, uh, who can be against us? When that giant saw that little boy step out on that battlefield against him, the Bible said he disdained him. That means he held him in contempt. He scorned him. There could hardly have been a greater contrast than the contrast between that heavily armed Goliath with all of his protective gear and that young David with nothing more than a stick. You stone. You ever heard that saying, sticks and stones? That's all David had. A stick and a few stones and a sling. Amen. He didn't have any armor. He looked vulnerable. He looked easy to defeat. As a matter of fact, Goliath was insulted by the fact that the best that Israel could offer was just a boy. Amen. But what he could not see what he did not understand and what I come to try to impress upon you in the Holy Ghost uh, on this Wednesday evening uh, is that David didn't walk into that valley by himself. Uh, what that giant never understood uh, was at the moment uh, that David's feet uh, touched that valley floor, uh, his defeat was certain. Uh, it was a settled thing uh, because standing beside that little boy with his stick uh, and his stones uh, was the ancient of days, uh, the one who was and is uh, and forever will be, uh, the almighty God. Come on, that mighty warrior God who's never lost a battle, uh, whose train fills the temple, uh, that victorious God, uh, the mighty God, uh, he stood in that valley with David. you got to get this. Uh, you're not alone in your valley. Uh, that's the miracle in your valley. You're going to face some trouble, yes. Uh, you're going to face some difficulty, yes. Uh, the giant's going to roar, yes. Uh, but you need to understand something, honey. You're not alone in this fight. Your miracle is the one that stands with you. All that Goliath could see was a boy. All that Goliath could see was the inexperience of youth. All that Goliath could see was the fair complexion of a boy carrying a stick. And he, he even reacted to the stick and said, Am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? And he cursed David and said, You come on unto me, and I, I'm going to give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beast of the field. You know the story. 
David looks looks at uh, uh, Goliath looks at David, and he starts telling everything he can see about how young David is, about how ill prepared David is, about how inexperienced David is. Listen, the devil's good at telling you what he can see. The devil's good at seeing your faults. He can see your flaws. He's aware of your mistakes. He despises your youth. Uh, He majors in telling you, amen, all of your inadequacies uh, and all the reasons why God can't use you. Uh, He'll intimidate you with what he can see, uh, amen, and what he can see about you is stuff you know is true, amen. You know that you don't have experience. You know that you messed up from time to time. You know that your past haunts you. Uh, You know that the thing he says about you. It's true. Uh, but what the Goliath doesn't realize, uh, what your enemy doesn't realize uh, is what really matters is not what he can see. Uh, it's not what he understands. Uh, it's not all the details, uh, the intimidation that he can bring about who you are and what you are. What really matters is what he can't see. The next time that giant roars in your face, and mocks you because of your failures and shortcomings, uh, you need to look that old devil square in the eyes and remind him of what he can't see. Uh, He can't see the blood uh, that covers a multitude of sin. Uh, He can't see the mercy that caught up with you at an altar. He can't see the grace of God uh, that washed over your soul. Uh, He doesn't see the hand uh, of an almighty God guiding your life. Uh, He hasn't felt the tremendous depth of the anointing that God has placed on you. You need to look that old devil in the eyes. He's going to remind you of your faults. He's going to remind you of your failures. He's going to bring up your weaknesses. Uh, he's, going to, he's, he's a master at pointing out your inefficiencies. Uh, he's a master at pointing out the defects in your character. But when he does, uh, you need to remind him, uh, amen, I'm a blood-bought uh, child of God. Uh, I belong to him, uh, and he belongs to me, uh, and Honey, I don't fight my battles by myself. That's exactly what David did. David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. (laughs) But I come to thee in the name of of the Lord of hosts, uh, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Uh, and this day, God's going to deliver you into my hand, uh, and I'm going to smite you, and I'm going to take your head from you. Listen, David doesn't even have a sword. But in the boldness of his faith, he's telling that giant, I'm about to cut your head off. I don't know how you're doing that with a stick. I don't know how you're doing that with a sling and some stones, but I'm about to cut your head off. Amen. Because David's reminding Goliath and all of Israel who's watching, uh, amen, that God doesn't need a sword and God doesn't need a spear and God doesn't need a shield. Uh, What God needs is somebody who's obedient. What God needs is somebody who's got a little faith. Uh, What God needs is somebody who will look over the devil's intimidating cries uh, and recognize it's not about me. Uh, It's about my God. 
You let the devil intimidate you because of what you're not. But you need to remember what you are. You need to remember that this battle is spiritual, my friend. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. That's what the Scripture says. Uh, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh and blood. We don't wage war against flesh and blood, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God doesn't need your talent. God doesn't need your ability. God doesn't need your strength. What he needs is your faithful obedience. He doesn't need your good character. I know sometimes your anger gets, I know sometimes your mouth wants to say stuff that you, you have to, Holy Ghost got to get a hold of you real quick before you say stuff you know you, you're going to regret saying, amen. That little personality quirk kicks up and, 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 and all of a sudden you find yourself having to check yourself and the devil is a master at coming along and telling you, you can't do anything for God because you, you can't even control your passion. You can't even control your anger. You you can't even control your tongue. Amen. You, you can't do nothing for God because, because you made a mistake and you messed up and you haven't been faithful and you've let your altar go and you, you, you've fallen behind in your Bible reading. You can't be, you can't be used of God. Uh, but I come to tell somebody in this place uh, on a Wednesday night, uh, he doesn't need all of that. Uh, yes, it's needed. Yes, it's required. Yes, you need to be obedient. But what he needs is your faith. Amen. He just needs you to walk into the valley that he called you to walk into. You know, we have a hard time with that. Lord, remove the valley. That's the way we want to pray. Take it away from me. I don't know how we think we're going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop without going through the valley. But, honey, if we kind of if we could find a way, we'd do it. So that's what that's the way our mindset works. I don't mean to mess up your theology, but God calls you into the valley because it's in the valley that your faith is built. It's in the valley that you discover the miracle that's in the valley. Isaiah chapter 43, beginning with verse 1, says, But now thus saith the Lord God that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, and thou art mine. You need to remember who you are. You need to remember whose you are. Amen. He said, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Uh, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Don't be afraid of the water. Uh, I'm going to make you walk through some rivers. Uh, but don't worry about it. Uh, the river's not going to drown you. Uh, don't be afraid of the fire. Uh, I'm going to make you walk through the fire. But don't worry about it. Because the fire's not going to burn you. Somebody in this place needs to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, God's going to make you walk through a valley, but don't worry about the giant uh, because he's not greater than the God that's with you. God's in charge. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Amen? Verse 3 says, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior, 
I gave Egypt for thy ransom. Oh, you got to think about what God paid for you. You got to think about the ransom price. Uh, amen. The blood that was shed on an old rugged cross. Uh, amen. You matter to him. Uh, amen. Your, your life is valuable to him. He has a purpose and he has a plan and he has a calling. Uh, and verse 4 said, Since thou was precious in my sight, uh, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Uh, therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Amen. This congregation as a whole has walked through a valley. Uh, amen. This, con this little group of people, uh, we've been through a struggle in the last little while. Uh, but listen to the word of the Lord because I felt him speaking into my heart uh, just as surely as I'm standing here. Revival's coming to this valley, honey. Revival's coming to this valley. Uh, he said, Fear not, uh, for I am with thee. Uh, I will bring thy seed uh, from the east uh, and gather thee from the west. And I'll say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. I come to tell somebody, you, you may say, Pastor, I'm still in the valley. Pastor, there's still a giant roaring. There's still an obstacle in my way. It's time to look to the east and the west. It's time to speak to the north and to the south. It's time to tell the four corners of the wind, give up. Amen. This revival belongs to us. This city belongs to us. Amen. God's going to bring a revival here. The enemy will say, who are you to defy me? You're just a little country church. You don't have any people. You don't have any finances. You don't have any resources. You're limited in what you can do. Who do you think you are? to challenge my kingdom in northeast Arkansas from your little brick church and little bitty Lake City. But listen, devil, it's not about us and it's not about what we have or don't have. It's not about what we can or cannot do. It's not about our bank account. It's not about our resources. It's about the God that walked into this valley with us. Revival will come because this is his church. We've always heard that Delilah. We've always heard that David killed Goliath with a slingshot and a stone. If you were listening to the text, that's not entirely true. David he smote the Philistine. He prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He defeated Goliath with a sling and a stone, but he killed him with a sword. And not just any sword. You see, David didn't have a sword when he walked into that valley. He slew Goliath with the sword that Goliath was going to use to kill him. I want you to think about it. The very thing that the devil has brought into your life to destroy you, 
hear the I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I knew whenever I was, I, I knew early today, I knew in my truck when I was going to lunch that I had a word from God for somebody in this house on a Wednesday night. The, the, the thing that the devil has brought into your life to destroy you is the very instrument that God is going to use to defeat him and bring about his purpose in your life. Amen? Somebody needs to believe that. Somebody needs to get a hold of that. Because all you can see is the giant. And all you can hear is all that stuff he's saying about you. But you need to hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Isaiah 54 and 17 said, No weapon uh, that is formed against you shall prosper. Uh, and every tongue uh, that rises against thee in judgment, uh, thou shalt condemn. Uh, this is the heritage uh, of the servants uh, of the Lord. Uh, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. This is why Joseph was able to look his brothers in the eye in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20 and say, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God, God meant it unto good to bring to pass uh, as it is this day to save much people alive. Uh, I come to tell somebody in this place uh, on a Wednesday night, your miracle is already in your valley with you. Nobody volunteers for the valley. Nobody's standing in line waiting for the chance to go through the low places. We pray a lot of prayers, but we never ask God for opposition or difficulty or sickness, or trouble, or trial, or tragedy, for those things to touch our life. But when they come our way, and a valley is squarely in our path, I come to tell somebody in this house on a Wednesday night, there's a miracle in your valley. Don't be afraid. The valley will not destroy you. Jesus told his disciples, he said, Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's the miracle in your valley. Would you stand with me? When God is with us, victory will be ours. When God is with us, there's none that can stand against us. When God is with us, if we'll just hold on in faith, uh, He's going to bring us through. Uh, I, I know it's Wednesday night. I know it's just Bible study night. I, I know that we, we have kind of a pattern, the way we do things. Uh, but I felt the Holy Ghost this afternoon. Uh, and I believe God wants to move in somebody's heart and somebody's life tonight. Uh, I want you to hear the words of David. Uh, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I shall not want. Uh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Uh, he leadeth me beside still waters. Uh, he restoreth my soul. Uh, he leadeth me in paths uh, of righteousness for his name's sake. Uh, yea, uh, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, I will fear no evil, uh, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, uh, they comfort me. Uh, thou preparest a table for before me in the presence of my 
mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Somebody say it with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You need to tell the devil, honey, I didn't walk into this valley by myself. Amen. My God is with me, and goodness and mercy are right behind me, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I come tell somebody the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him and he delivers them the very next verse says oh taste and see that the Lord he is good and blessed is the man that trusteth in him I come to tell somebody in this place on a Wednesday night your miracle standing right beside you he's right there with you I'm going to ask Brother Ryan to come to the music. I'm going to ask you right now to do something out of faith. I'm going to ask you just to shut your eyes and lift your hands. And I want you to speak right now. Speak to your valley. Speak to your giant. Speak to your opposition. And I want you to remind them of what you need to be reminded of yourself. I belong to Jesus. I belong to him, and he belongs to me. I'm not in this thing alone. I'm not in this thing by myself. Amen. I didn't come into this valley alone. Goodness and mercy are following behind me. The angel of the Lord is encamped round about me. He is my shepherd. Amen. And he is with me. And his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Amen. Come on, somebody. You need to build yourself up in faith right now. You need to remind yourself right now. Amen. Yes, there's going to be some difficulty. Yes, there's going to be some trouble. Yes, there's going to be some trial. But this isn't the end of the story, my friend. There's going to be deliverance in the valley. There's going to be healing in the valley. There's going to be revival in the valley. There's going to be miracles in the valley. The great thing about valleys is if you keep walking long enough, you'll find yourself on a mountain. The great thing about valleys, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and just keep walking by faith, the valley's not eternal. The valley has a beginning and it has an ending. Amen. And I want to promise you, if you just keep holding on, if you just keep walking by faith, you're about to find yourself on a mountaintop somewhere. You're about to find yourself in the presence of an almighty God. You're about to find yourself in a place where mercy and grace come washing over you. Amen. If you just keep walking, just keep walking. Why don't you lift your voice? Brother Ryan's, I don't know what he's going to sing, but we're going to worship the Lord. Why don't you just go ahead and make a declaration of faith? And I'm not turning back. I'm not giving up. Amen. I'm not, I come too far. 
I got too much behind me. Cordo por da rata. Irdo por da rata. Tardo por da rata. 